Hey, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. It is uh, another week without the NFL. You're listening to this on a Monday morning uh, on the 27th of February. We're here for another podcast as we, I guess, get closer to the start of the new league year. And we also get closer to the NFL draft, which is actually two months today. Now, I cannot confirm if we're going to Kansas City yet, any of us, but delighted to be joined by Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan, uh, hoping that for my birthday, which was yesterday on the 26th, that somebody's got me a flight to Kansas City. Mark, have you got me a flight to Kansas City? I'll even take it from Belfast to London in terms of bypassing the pre-clearance. Phoenix was a strange enough one to get to, I suppose. Kansas City is what, probably a three-hour flight less, perhaps maybe two-hour flight. I don't know how many connections, but you're definitely not getting the direct one to there, right? I don't know, Michaela, are we going to the draft or what's the crack? I don't know. I think, um, you know, he's gotten, you know, you got to go to the Super Bowl. So I think he's definitely have to bring me to the draft if he's got to go to the draft. The last time I checked, the flights are 1100 euro. So to fly from where? To fly from Dublin to, to the draft. So like, and even for us or anyone listening to this, that's a lot of money to call out a name. Like, I mean, I know it's on the TV. So like, we'll, we'll see the crack. But obviously looking forward to, to talk in the draft with with the both of you is talking through the preseason. Um, you'll be surprised, folks, and even to yourselves, you know, how quick this goes in. Before you know it, we'll be sitting in July and I'll be sitting in Mexico drinking for two weeks tequila. Um, you can tell us later night, can't you? I'm joking. Anyway, look, it's Monday morning. Uh, we're gonna look at the coaching cycle. It's 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 been a really interesting few weeks because we've got the five coaches that are now taking over their roles. I know that at the time of recording, you've got various different DCs, OCs, assistants coming in to different teams. So it's it's a different situation. Um, so if Mark, Michaela, if you want to bring any of that up, please feel free to bring it up. I'm, I'm going to go through each coach. Um, I guess what I'd like to know, and I'll t- discuss it myself, is just, you know, what's your thoughts on this move? Do you think it makes any impact? Because I think there's a couple of people that are coming in where I'm going, hmm, this is interesting, or sweet Jesus, start praying. Uh, and I think the first one is interesting. Frank Reich um, going to the Panthers. For anybody that's maybe new to the league or newer to the league and weren't aware of this, the Carolina Panthers are one of the newer teams in the league. Still quite an old team, but one of the newer teams. Frank Reich um, was the first quarterback ever for the Panthers. The, the big question for me is, there's two, well, there's two elements for me, Mark. It's the NFC South. What sort of division is he going into in the NFC South when we get to September? Brady's gone. We don't know who's going to be uh, at QB in Tampa Bay. We don't know what's going to happen in New Orleans. And we don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta. So there is a real window of opportunity here in the sense of can the Panthers, who had a very strong start, or sorry, a very strong finish to the season last season with Steve Wilkes. And I think personally he was robbed, but Frank Reich must have done decent in the interview. The, the big question for me is who are they going to bring a quarterback? Because it's you see people saying like oh well Matt Corral can have a shot and you know don't don't write him off I I feel like you've got a few teams in the league now that need to go after one and it doesn't just have to be a rookie it has to be somebody with the experience you've seen the Panthers go after Teddy Bridgewater before so it's a it's a difficult one for me Frank obviously sorry Frank Reich is obviously very very well well regarded well liked over the league and Wilkes went six and six with a team that was not his team so Reich has got a lot to live up to in the first few weeks. When it comes to Frank Reich, I think, what did you mention there? Second, I suppose, experience. Yeah. They absolutely, I think, got this one right and going for Reich because after going through your Matt rules and that, 
they went back to experience and to a surefire thing. The Athletic poll, I think it was nine or ten executives or GMs around the league, and they all, or sorry, the majority said that Frank Reich was the best hire. Now, we'll get into the Sean Payton thing and why he wasn't there. He would have been my pick. But when it comes to Frank Reich, they've gone for the solid hand. Yeah, you're dead right bringing up the quarterback because obviously now he did opt for Carson Wentz. They'd trade for him, obviously, when he was in Indianapolis. They did go for Matt Ryan. It didn't work out. And now it's the ninth overall pick. That makes it tricky for him. And maybe you don't see instant success. But as a head coach hiring, I think it was the right thing to do. When you see the staff that he's brought in as a result, Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, he's off the Sean McVay tree who hasn't worked for Sean McVay. I mean, he's had Zach Taylor. He's had Kevin O'Connell. Brandon Sadie with the LA Chargers maybe is the one that you're going to say you can bang me on. But, I mean, he still became a head coach. So, I think that when you pull anyway from the LA Rams um, and uh, Thomas Brown had been their assistant head coach this past year and the year before that, he was a running back coach. So, I think that was a solid, if not a well-known name, I still think it's a solid hire anytime you go to Sean McVay. And then defensive coordinator, I'm going to ask your pronunciation because he was with the Denver Broncos, uh, Ejero Evero, right? The defensive coordinator. You know, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, I'm stunned that he is out in Denver as the DC. And at the time we're recording, we don't know who the DC in Denver is going to be. It could be a lot of talk about Rex Ryan. Uh, Edgerow Evero, I've just been calling him Evero for the last few few weeks and months, but um, he was born in England as well. There's your fun fact. Of <laughs> but I, I look, he was like the defense from Denver. There was no problem with it last year. So when you're able to pull from him. He, he was touted as a possible head coach candidate for teams. And he also turned down, he turned down the opportunity to coach the Broncos last two weeks of the season. And I th- so that's what I'm saying. Like grows into this extremely solid staff. They're saying that there might be, by the, when all is said and done, twenty five to thirty coaches on the staff in Indianapolis. They're going big. They're getting as much experience in the building. They're going for solid names. They're not taking punts on anyone. So when you see what they're doing in. Carolina, sorry, if I just said Indianapolis, I've been doing cartwheels in my head because Frank Roy coming from the Colts. I don't know what it is about it, but I, I just the, the Panthers and the Colts. Yeah. I look at the logos, the blues. I don't know what it is, but they have been the same to me for the last two weeks. Any anyway, I think the Frank Roy car is definitely up there, one of the best of the last two or three coaching cycles, really. And and like that's based on the staff that they were able to bring in there. Michaela, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this because I don't agree with Mark at all. I think it's going to be an absolute disaster in Carolina. I, I think. don't agree with Mark either. I agree with that the Carolina Panthers had to hire someone with experience because they what they went through in the last three seasons with Matt Rule. And um, But for me, looking at that Frank Reich hire, and I'm kind of like, okay, a team that desperately needs a quarterback and needs to trade for a good quarterback and someone who is actually going to play well. And they bring in a guy who traded for Carson once and then had Matt Ryan the next season. And Matt Ryan, I think, had the had the worst season he's ever had in the NFL. And also, if you look at the Carolina Panthers have the ninth pick in the draft and they brought in the head coach of the team who has the fourth pick. To me, that's not that's not an improvement. I the only good thing about Reich is that you know he has a bit more experience than all the younger coaches coming in. The you, you know the 
the first first year head coaches, the first time head coaches. That's the only thing I think Carolina have gotten right about this pick, about this pick for their head coach. But for me, I don't rate him at all. He didn't do anything of note in Indianapolis. And the fact that he brought in two quarterbacks that played, played very, very poorly. And the Carolina Panthers have done that over the last few seasons. They brought in Mayfield, they brought in Darnold. They both have not worked out. So I bring in someone who, you know, has made the same mistakes. I'm kind of like, mm, I don't think that's a good hire. Just definitely, I'm definitely more excited about a few, uh, some of the other hires that um, the other teams have made. I'm really excited to talk about this hire. Uh, Jonathan Gannon going to the Cardinals is like Michael Scott on steroids. Uh, that video I seen last week of him with the energy is one thing. He obviously leaves from Philadelphia. Uh, for me, and I don't want to get into this whole conversation, but for me, he is the reason they lost the Super Bowl. Um, and I have I no doubt about it. I agree with you there, Michael. Go on. <laughs> um, now, Mark, I know you're a Cardinals fan, but like he inherits a situation where you've got a number of players in the double digits that are going to be free agents. You have to work out a situation with your quarterback, Cal Murray, Kyler Murray, who most likely will not be ready for the start of the season. And you'd have to ask at that point, how ready will he be? That's not Gallon's fault, to be fair, but that's the situation he enters in. Defense was 31st in points allowed last season. Uh, and he's a fourth head coach in seven years. And you've got a new GM in Monty Ossenfort, who is there as well. Um, he doesn't He doesn't have it easy, but I guess you'd have to argue that he deserves type and he deserves stability and he deserves at least five seasons. Yeah, I think we're confusing the situation that they're entering in with themselves between Frank Reich and Jonathan Gannon. Like, they don't control the situation that they're going into. So, like, you know, like I'm, I'm not taking a shot at you there, Michael. Like, it is going to be difficult for Jonathan Gannon. He does have older people. Yeah. But, but that is not on him at all. So, in terms of the actual hiring, him himself becoming a head coach, when his name started to go around, I obviously wanted, I think, Lou Onorumo. Uh, we'll get to Shane Steichen. I want him from the middle of the season. But what has encouraged me as a Cardinals fan the last week or even, yeah, last week or a few days was when Peter King featured on last week's um, article or in his column, he had Jonathan Gannon on. And I kind of thought, well, Peter King has a good, you know, you know, he has his hand on the pulse a lot of the time. So when he featured Jonathan Gannon so heavily, I was like, oh, Peter King knows something that's up. And you see, do see these reports that from the beginning of the season, Jonathan Gannon was touted as a future head coach. There, I can take glass off empty or glass half full is where I'm going to go next. The Philadelphia Eagles offered more money to keep Jonathan Gannon around as a defense coordinator. That's a big thumbs up as a Cardinals fan thumbs down as a Cardinals fan is that Michael Bidwell didn't match the offer to pay him more than the Eagles as a defense coordinator. When a team comes out and is saying that they're going to pay more to keep this guy as a defensive coordinator than your head coach, that's egg in your face for Michael Bidwell, who at the beginning of the coaching cycle said, the money that I've invested in Cliff Kingsbury is not going to hamper what I do in this coaching cycle, i.e. if I have to pay Sean Payton big money, I will get the paycheck or the checkbook out and pay the big money. So he ultimately did not pay the big money to any of the head coaches. He is paying a head coach less than someone would have paid him as a defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon took the job saying that I wanted the head coaching job more than anything else. It wasn't about the paycheck. And why I think that's embarrassing is because you've seen like with the likes of Daniel Jones, when the Giants trade or um, took him in the draft early, they said, you have to invest 
to inspire confidence. Now, I don't think Jonathan Gannon's going to find it difficult to um, get confidence. Like I said, there was rave reviews about him from before the season. Um, a lot of people have been put in the media have been quite positive, saying that behind the scenes, Jonathan Gannon is a great mind, and that is only complemented by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals have gone after him, knowing that he turned to San Reddick, a failed draft pick, you could say, of the Cardinals. He was good in Arizona, but he was stunning in Philadelphia. So they have seen his talent working with these high-end draft picks that he will be able to turn around. And then when you look at his coaching staff, he's after getting a 29-year-old in Nick Rallis, who was the linebacker coach. So when you see that happen, you're like, oh, whoa, that's a weird one. But then you're thinking, well, there's obviously something here because Nick Rallis was wanted by, it seems, the Denver Broncos for their defensive coordinator position. And Philadelphia wanted to elevate him to the defensive coordinator position. So if Rallis is coming with Jonathan Gannon, it does all of a sudden seem, oh crap, this might be a bit of a duo here. I'm not going to say it's in the same mold as Sean McVay McVay and Kyle Shannon once was, but as a Cardinals fan, you can certainly hope so. My problem is, though, that it's defensive-minded. I don't mind defensive-minded at all, but they have ham- been hamstrung with Kyler Murray when they you know, went all in with Cliff Kingsbury and they got Kyler Murray, that there's going to be pre- plenty of focus on defense. Um, as a head coach, obviously, Jonathan Gannon will have to have his finger in the offense somewhat. He has said that they're going to line Kyler Murray up in shotgun a lot more versus, or sorry, under center versus having him in shotgun the whole time. But they got through Peds, Petsing. Look, we're going to learn the pronunciation of these guys as we go along. But he was the Cleveland Browns quarterback coach last year. And I'm like, I don't get it. He worked with Jacoby Brissett and with Deshaun Watson. Like, they didn't have the best years. What, they were somewhat mobile? That's where you're gone from. So when you talk about the staff, as well, I, don't, I think the offense could be an absolute dumpster fire. But from a defensive point of view and from a head coaching point of view, I do think that there's talent there whatever the roster is a whole other story but when you just talk, take it and those kind of guys yeah I'm, um, I'm happy enough I suppose now in the last week with Jonathan Gannon being hired Michaela I agree with Mark saying I think you know at the end of the day it's not his fault in terms of the situation and what he's walking into it's a different dawn a new dawn for him if I'm him I'm getting through the year getting as much experience as I can get with his team see him whenever Kyler comes back if Kyler comes back week six week seven for example if he isn't going to be a hundred percent there's no rush to bring him back. This is a season with no expectation. Get what you can get. Get a good draft pick if you need to. Um, and you know, use that as a year to learn because the Cardinals in the division that they're in with the Rams in the long-term flux um, are always going to be up there if they remain competitive with Kyler Murray in two or three years' time. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I'm a bit kind of... I definitely I agree with you, Michael, and I think Gannon is the reason that the... Um and when I was watching, I was always in my head criticizing the defense for their plays and giving up kind of silly plays. And even when I was watching the Super Bowl, I was like, "You think they'd learn from the first pass, Kelsey caught? Like, why can't they cover him? Why?" It seemed like I do think it was up to Gannon's play calling that because you know the the offense of the Eagles went point to point nearly with the Chiefs go but yeah if I, um if i was an arizona cardinals fan i i who you know went went to the super bowl this year but you kind of look at the um 
other people who have been hired other places like the the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs who's gone to Washington as an offensive coordinator Eric Biami is it is that how you pronounce his name god I hate Bien-Ami. Eric Eric Bien-Ami. Bien-Ami, it's, it's funny yeah. because it's it's like that is almost a podcast in itself like, like why, is why he hasn't there? he got a head coaching job this is it's second... actually it's I think it's disgraceful to be honest with you Kansas City and he's gone to a worse team as an offensive coordinator I, I don't understand what he and to me he probably has a lot more experience than Gannon does but I I think he's probably Gannon you know I can't really it's going to be a marked off year it's not going to really count for him because he won't have his starting quarterback um but after Reich I think it's probably like the least a head coaching um, hire I'm most excited about. I'm not really that excited about it. I don't really have a lot of faith in it. But, you know, I never, you know, I, you never know. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it's interesting. I think it's early to say what's exciting. Uh, by the way, let's let's talk about Sean Payton in a second and let's look at Demiko Ryans and Shane Steichen in a different podcast to give them the time and day that they deserve because they're two really interesting hires. I actually think all five are interesting. I mean, yeah, like for me, Gannon's probably fourth or fifth in terms of my excitement level, but I do think there is a lot of potential there. And um, while I do think he was a fault in the Super Bowl, it's one game. The Eagles had a hell of a season. Defense did drop a bit towards the end of the year, but I, I'm intrigued to see what he's going to be able to do. It looks like he's a bit of a, he's a real people guy. Uh, and one guy that is big time is D'Amico Ryans. Um, let's tell you what, let, let's look at Sean Payton because I think this is a really intriguing one. Obviously taking my Broncos hat off here. Um, you've got a new owner, Mark, that comes in prior to last season comes in late in the preseason to an extent technically and um they give Nathaniel Hackett obviously to run for it but it was clear that he was in for Aaron Rodgers it looks like at this point anyway a, a long process where Jim Harbour is the odds on favor to get the job and he flirts with the Broncos for weeks um and then they finalize the deal with George Payton. And you're thinking, right, okay, well, the, obviously the biggest storyline, and this is why I want to take more time in this probably, and we'll look at D'Amico in, in proper detail and Steichen in proper detail. You know, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Um, he has a track record of being very creative offensively. However, in his time in New Orleans, he won one Super Bowl. Uh played with one quarterback most of the time while well, he also had a very hybrid quarterback um, in Taysom Hill. But obviously, like his play, his style of play suits the sort of play that you could see Russell Wilson coming back in. And it's it's very difficult to say right here and right now that the Broncos will be as bad as they were last season if they can keep that defense together. And if Russell Wilson can gain confidence, he would think that this is a good move for the Broncos. As a fan, and even as someone who watches the AFC West, I just think it's difficult in any situation when you have to play Mahomes twice a year, when you have to play Herbert twice a year, and when you have to play whoever whoever Vegas is going to bring in because they are going to trade for somebody notable after being stupid enough to get rid of Derek Carr, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I like the hire. I think it's probably the best hire they could have got, but I think it's at least... Not, I just don't see them going out and being expected to win-win next year. I think it's I think it's difficult for them. Um that being said, the Broncos aim will be to win the AFC West, but can this team with a rejuvenated Russell Wilson go to go, go to Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs? I think that's a big question. I wouldn't be surprised if an AFC West game is the opening game of the season. Genuinely. I think they could put that on, whether it's the Chargers or whether it is Russell Wilson and the Broncos. 
um, to start the season off. Just eager to hear your thoughts, Mark and Sean Payton. Met him in Radio Row, as we say up here, not to hide it too turf. Very, very small man. I couldn't believe it. I was so, so for people going, oh, shut up, Michael. I was sitting working. I looked to the left. NFL Network was on and I was like oh my god Sean Payton's here so I went up because it was right beside us went up and uh, he was a lovely man looks like he enjoys his bacon eggs and cabbage you know what I mean yeah look <laughs> that aside <laughs> um, Sean Payton is the coach that brought it was the only absolute surefire guarantee it seems now all of a sudden people are like well it's not a surefire guarantee because he comes in with an aggressive approach and he had Drew Brees forever I go back to conversations that we had with uh, Jeff Duncan in London about the power of Drew Brees and the power of Sean Payton. Um, I I wouldn't say it was an off the record conversation. It was I'm I'm just saying that it was it was quite positive and you know that kind of when I knew that my own team was looking for a head coach, I was thinking back to that thing and yeah, I wouldn't mind having Sean Payton in the building. It is funny now that everyone has tempered expectations because of what happened last year. If this had happened last year and you're after doing the Russell Wilson trade, everyone has them for the Super Bowl. So I think that Broncos fans now are a bit more hesitant because um, of what happened. You know, they got stung last year. But I, I, I you know, I, I do have uh, hopes for Sean Payton. Again, who knows if it's going to work out in year one. There is a, There was only five hirings this year, but the odds usually say, although there does be seven or eight head coaches, that at least one goes to the playoffs. And you would have picked it to be Sean Payton. Now, I did have an off-record conversation with someone. I suppose you saw the conversation playing out, Michael, on Radio Row, about a team who was in play for Sean Payton. And they were saying, yeah, like behind the scenes, he really disrupts the setup, whether that's who he wants in the building or maybe it's the coverage the media is allowed so who was the off the record yeah i haven't heard this who, who was it can you i give can't us a tell hint? you that it's off the record <laughs> well i'll tell you afterwards and so, you compare it to like a county or something uh, not on like... this i won't not on this i won't okay but it was a very interesting conversation about someone that was very kind of saying look if sean payton comes into a certain building it changes things a lot up so I suppose that's where, I don't know if the media is funneling that a bit more, maybe Broncos writers, I don't know. <clears throat> but Sean Payton, I think, is a great hire. It does stand out to me that he hasn't been able to get a staff in place, you know, the defense coordinator, maybe by the time this is released, he does have Rob Ryan or whoever it is in the building again. Um, he'll obviously look after his own offense. The offensive coordinator isn't as important, but it is that he rules in a certain way, whether that fits in Denver, I don't know. I think that it should. Uh, obviously, he's been a bit more ruthless. Uh, Russell Wilson isn't allowed his personal trainer inside the building anymore. Not that he doesn't have him inside. He doesn't get an office anymore. Uh, when I talked about the Athletic, it was a surprise to me that um, head coaches and GMs didn't say that Champagne was the out winner of the coaching cycle, that they all voted for Frank Reich. Because, yeah, Sean Payton is the obviously the well-known name, and he was the guarantee based on one he did in New Orleans. So I think that it's a very strong hour and be positive as a Denver Broncos fan, even though you might yourself be a bit more tentative. I, I, I am positive. It's Yeah, I think tentative is the right word, Michaela. It's it's hard because you, you sort of think, obviously one, one major element for Payton is, yes, can he improve Russell Wilson? But there's so many more things. It's can that defense continue to operate in the way that it was, even if, for example, Rex Ryan comes in. Um, Who's going to come in at running back? Is Miles Sanders going to be coming? I wouldn't mind Miles Sanders in Denver. I think um, the 
I think I'm most excited about Sean Payton going to the Broncos. I think he's the best hire that's happened in the cycle. You know, I he's he's a proven head coach, you know, and he, he's kind of up there in, with a head coach who's been at a team for a couple of years, a year two since at, at New Orleans. Um, and, you know, he, he was the head coach. He started as the head coach at New Orleans when Drew Brees came kind of, you when Drew Brees, I always forget that Drew Brees was at the San Diego Chargers, and he he then went to the Saints. But um, like when Brees when Brees was in San Diego, you know they drafted Philip Rivers, and he kind of like he wasn't the quarterback that he was at the Saints. And then for him to go to the Saints and kind of be one of the you know Hall of Famer to get a Super Bowl, and Sean Payton obviously played a big part of that. They came in at the same the same time. So for me, I'm. I don't think there's a better hire to get Russell Wilson out of this little funk. And I didn't know that Sean Payton was apparently kind of, you know, rules. It sounds like he rules with a little bit of an iron fist a little bit, but I don't think that's necessary. Russell Wilson can be a little bit, uh, some of the stuff I read about him now, obviously we don't know what's true and stuff like that. But the, the thing about the office, and I always get the impression that Russell Wilson cares more about his legacy than winning Super Bowls. And I think, Gronkowski had the same mindset about that with another player saying, you know, winning MVPs. And he's like, why? I think it was Aaron Rodgers. He's like, why do you want to win MVPs? You don't want to win Super Bowls. And I completely agree with that. So when, you know, I'm, I think there's no one better to come in and kind of, you know, out of this funk and kind of be a bit more stricter with him. Cause I do think he has this kind of, he thinks he's a superstar and he thinks he's, you know, the bee's knees and he can do whatever he wants and kind of like you know he gets special treatment where I don't think anyone in the team should get special treatment like I don't think Patrick Mahomes gets special treatment they're all treated the same I feel like at Kansas City so I think that's one of the issues with Denver and for Payton's come in and he's proven head coach you know he's won a Super Bowl he's turned a career around and breeze a quarterback so I definitely think the Denvers have struck gold with this hire. I have to agree with what you're saying about Mahomes there. Like it does seem just from talking to, to Kansas City media that he it's a bit Brady like where he does understand the way to get there and get there and get back. Um for me, the hire of the window is to make Ryan's, but we'll talk about that in a different podcast. I'm really sorry because I got I got a bounce, but I, I feel bad. But we will talk about it on the next podcast. We'll talk about the Mika Ryan's top of Shane Steichen. Two interesting hires, but um obviously intrigued folks to hear your thoughts if you're listening to this podcast. If you have an opinion on any of the new hires or anything in the offseason, please do interact with us at NFL Ireland. That's on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Hit us up and we'll be in touch soon. But for now, thanks so much. 